With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to episode 184 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. I am Philip Slavin, Joel Penfield, still on maternity leave for real. Dude, trust me, if you've had kids, you get it. I have. You need some time for you, for the kids, especially for the wife. Uh, I am not alone, as I have promised. I would never comment at you alone because nobody wants to listen to that. I don't even do that on my show, okay? Uh, Micah Allen, the fearless leader of CowboysRideForFree.com, joining us to help recap the Jayhawk slaughter, roasting, um, whatever other ways you want to, fricassee, however other ways you want to prepare a bird. Uh, we are here to recap that today. Micah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right, so, okay, so let's just get the caveat. Kind of like we've had to caveat everything heading into this season of it's 2020, there's covid they didn't have an off season. We must caveat a lot of things with this, with it's Kansas. So whenever you blow out Kansas, you can never blow out expectations because of it. However, Micah, as our, our guest this week, I will let you kick things off. What were, uh, what were some of your biggest takeaways from Saturday? So my, one of my biggest things was, I think that Thailand and Shuba looked better than the previous two games um it looks like they've kind of really gotten their feet from under them and they are playing like I would expect them to play I would expect Chuba to have almost 150 yards against Kansas um and I would expect them to each have two touchdowns against Kansas it's like these different things that are making it look like they're themselves basically it was my biggest takeaway and also Illingworth has been a decent replacement for Spencer definitely and I don't know why I know in previous episodes you're like I hate how much we break on Bullock but still I don't understand why he was ever not the second option um so he had some really good throws on Saturday um and the offense just looked a lot better. Yeah, look, there's there's the double-edged sword of like, you don't want to overreact to, to, to curb-stomping Kansas. However, this is about like, you know, we thought we'd have this performance against Tulsa. We didn't. Um, they, they offense looked better against West Virginia. And then it looked like this. And again, Kansas's defense is not good. Kansas came into the day, Kansas ended the day with five healthy DBs. Okay. They literally had, they play five DB sets. They had no other DBs to play. That's how just utterly gutted this defense was. However, you want to see a good team 
show up against an inferior opponent like Kansas. So seeing Chuba finally start to look like Chuba, even though it was a bad defense, seeing Tylen Wallace in game three can now starting to look like himself. Now, I do think part of that goes to having Shane Ellingworth in his second full game, their relationship being better on the field. Like, I, I don't want to overreact to game one because you went through three different quarterbacks. Game two, he looked better against West Virginia. He looked much better today against Kansas. So I do think there's some relationship building there, and he's getting finally back to fully healthy. So it is positive to see OSU go out and do to Kansas what you should do to a Kansas team that is this bad this year. So it's both the, like, don't overreact to how the season's going to go, but do adequately react to that's what you want to see a team like Oklahoma State with the expectations in front of them do to a team like Kansas. So I do think that is a very good point. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, we talked, we kind of sort of touched on this before we started recording of this team didn't, I mean, as every team in college football, but this team didn't have a full offseason. So Shane didn't get all of the reps that he normally would with the top guys in practice this offseason. So it it did take a couple of games for them to finally get clicking with each other. But I think it's happening, which is what you want to see. Yeah, and look, the the offensive line continues to look better. I know it's because I think they looked better against West Virginia than against Tulsa, and they looked better this week. Again, Kansas defensive line, not awesome. I get it, but you want to continue to see them get better no matter who the opponent is. And look, you're going to face much, much better defensive fronts as we go along but it's still good to see this kind of stuff performance uh from from the oklahoma state offense let's see we got uh that seven tackles for loss two sacks no quarterback hurries that's solid that's that's again under you have to put some perspective and if we know what this offensive line is it's a, it's a good day for the offensive line i think i'll be i'll be really interested to hear uh when the tape doesn't lie, boys. Get together and break down the offensive line stats because I don't have time to go back and watch all that, to try and figure it out. So uh, I'm not gonna. Yeah. but I will. I will. We'll, appreciate we'll leave that up do. to Adam. <laughs> yeah, leave it up to them. Um, one note: I'm gonna steal this from Joel because he he either I think he texted this to me um, just about the offense. You know, Chuba got 20 carries. I think it's more than needed. There's too many carries in this game. Like you don't need 20 carries. Uh, yeah. Ten went to Desmond Jackson. Eight to LD Brown. Micah Cooper got three. No DeAndre Glass. No, the guy who got the carries when they brought in the reserves to finish out the game, Dominic Richardson, the guy they added this offseason to this class who was originally signed with TCU, didn't go to TCU and came to Oklahoma State, got 12 carries, 27 yards out of it. Again, backup offense. You were playing with backup offensive linemen. Uh, So it's not like he did anything great, but... Dominic Richardson got the got the the carries, not DeAndre Glass. Makes me really curious about what's going on with DeAndre Glass, but it seems that they already like what they see with Dominic Richardson, um, despite him being with the team for like a few months. Uh, to to let him be the guy at the end of the game when they're letting reserves go in to get the carries. Yeah, that's interesting to me. I'm I'm curious as to whether or not there might be some possible academic issues, which I'm not sure that's something that. OSU would say something about but I don't know yeah I like something is definitely up there and I'm not totally sure what it would be other than I other than he just didn't look as good as 
they thought he would, which I'm not like that doesn't know. make any sense. <laughs> I have no I have no opinions on the matter. I have no <laughs> data or information yeah. on the matter. I simply can look and go, huh, that's interesting. And yeah, then move that is, on with yeah. it. And not to and people are like, well, don't talk crap about down at glass. I'm not talking crap about down at glass. I'm simply stating the guy who's been there for a few months got the carries, not the guy who's been there for a full year. Um, it's just interesting to me. Yeah. Shout out to uh, shout out to Rashad <laughs> Owens, true freshman wide receiver. I know that Presley got on the field, uh, but of the of the true freshman wide receivers who got there, Rashad Owens was able to get two catches for 19 yards. So shout out to him. Uh, do you have any other points in the offense you want to make? I mean, like they put up 47 points. Um, I'm a li- I was I wasn't thrilled at the fact that uh, that they couldn't punch it in in the red zone a few times. You know, that first drive, you march all the way down there, you get to the Kansas four, you gain two yards, you gain a yard, you go backwards, and you settle for the field goal against Kansas. And I, I mean, that's fine. I appreciate that we know that Alex Hale might be – I'm not going to jinx it, but Alex Hale is perfect on the season thus far. But Don't you do it. <laughs> red zone there, third quarter – you still had a lot of the, the the starters in Desmond Jackson was at running back, but another situation you you can't quite get it in there. Um, the, I need to go back. I need to go look. I, I don't think OSU's been great in the red zone so far this season. Maybe it's a, an overreaction to the Kansas game, but it doesn't feel like it has. It's been an issue for OSU for a while now, and I, and it's something that hasn't hurt them yet. And it's really good that Alex Alex Hale is awesome. And he is, mm-hmm. but it's certainly something to keep an eye on as we move forward. Oh yeah, no, exactly. I think that it's definitely frustrating because, especially with that first when they had to settle for a field goal, they got like a yard short, and I was like, "One, come on, <laughs> push, push him in." <laughs> but you know, I think that that will that will get better, and I think that at least we have Alex Hale that is good at what he does that can score field goals for us. I just think once you get to a little bit bigger games, if that doesn't improve, it's going to get to be a bigger deal. No, it absolutely is. Like you're going to have to, yes, TCU was able to beat Texas despite settling for like three straight field goals instead of touchdowns. You might be able to do that in some games, but you really need to score touchdowns in the Big 12. Now, again, Alex Hale is nine for nine on the season uh he's been awesome he's hit every extra point uh he is perfect from one to 19 yards he's perfect from 20 to 29 yards he's perfect from 44 like he hasn't had anything between 30 and 39 yards so that might be his his achilles heel we don't know yet but he has been and i, and I have yet to see one where i'm like oh no it's not nope we're good like he has been fantastic. Special teams have mm-hmm. been good for Oklahoma State. I think it's the best the special teams have looked in quite a few years. I, I don't know if if Gundy is still in charge or has handed it off to somebody else or what's going on. But props to the special teams; they've been they've been awesome. And Alex Hale has been man. It's just like it's so nice to have. And I don't want to like degrade any previous field goal kickers, but. He seems really good. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, so let's talk about the defense. Because, look, I 
I've I've had conversations about OSU. I've talked about it on my pod. I've talked about it with people. And my thing with OSU, they're the only undefeated team left in the Big Twelve, three and zero. Uh, one of three teams at two and zero in conference play. Are they the best team in the Big Twelve? Sh- should we be? They're number ten in the in the AP poll now. And I look at it and just go, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Um, I'm not all in on like, all right, Arlington. Look, OU has lost two straight. They've got a huge game against Texas. They're, they, OU is one more loss from basically being eliminated from the Big 12 title game. Um, Texas loses this weekend. It's, it's, a, it's an all-out free-for-all. We could have a no OU, no Texas Big 12 title game, which would be crazy. I mean, but everything sets right? up. <laughs> everything sets up for everything thus far. It feels like it's setting up for OSU to have its have its year. I just need to see something from this team against an opponent. I have enough respect for to say, okay. And we're talk about defense in a minute, but. I think my big thing is so far is just you 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 snuck by Tulsa, and for those who continue to be like they, they should have lost Tulsa, like shut up, they didn't. Like they had three different quarterbacks play. It's the first game of the season. Chuba looked off. Like I don't want to hear it. <clears throat> OSU won. Okay, other teams yeah, didn't. Definitely. OSU won, and then Tulsa went and beat UCF this weekend, which is huge for OSU. Like Tulsa needs to keep winning, but like okay, Tulsa might not be that bad. Then you beat West Virginia. I'm not sure if West Virginia is good or not. I don't think they should have beaten Baylor. I think there was a because the refs were terrible this weekend. There was a bad call that kept Baylor from oh, winning the game. Oh, they were so bad. So oh, bad. So bad. <laughs> and then you curb stomp Kansas, who was bad. And you go, okay, we knew that the three games with the highest likelihood of, of a victory were the first three games of the season. They're 3-0. and Now you've got a very, very difficult four-game stretch coming up. And I need to see I, – I, I need them to go to Waco in two weeks and win – and win in a way that makes me not just like by the skin of their teeth that makes me go, okay, we have something here. But at this point, I'm still I'm still holding back and and reserving my expectations for OSU this season. Oh, I 100% agree. I think that this four-game stretch is when you're going to see what this team is. Um, and if they can start off that four-game stretch really well with a decisive one against Baylor. And by decisive, I mean... Double digits. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that's when you're going to be like, okay, maybe. And then they win the next game and you're like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. And then, you know, if they get a really big win, then you're like, okay, I'm officially bought in. This could happen. So well, I and think. It's not just I, that. It's who is on the schedule. Like that's what's with the way things have gone. OU seems to be about out of it. Texas, at the end of next weekend, either OU is going to have three losses or Texas and OU are both going to have two in conference play. Um, and you're, depending upon what also happens this coming weekend, Skylar Thompson is healthy for Kansas State. They should be able to keep playing well. If he's not, I'll, we'll see what happens. Iowa State, they got te- they, uh, the, your next four-game stretch is at Baylor, Iowa State at home, Texas at home, and at Kansas State. Based off the standings right now, based off where things stand, if OSU can go at least three and one through that, it depends on who that one loss is, they gotta be feeling really, really good about their shot to get to Arlington. If they can go to four and oh, and I don't I don't I don't 
I just, the Big 12 is so week to week, I have a hard time thinking that OSU is going to go 4-0 in that stretch. Sorry, I do. Yeah, same. But if they go 3-1 and through that, depending upon where the loss is and whoever it's to and what their record is, OSU can, if come, can come away from that stretch 6-1 and with Texas Tech, OU, and TCU left on the schedule. They've got to feel really good. They have got oh, yeah, to feel definitely. really, really good. And I would feel, okay, it's going to take a slip on slippery ice into the ditch, just complete collapse. But this what Which, makes this four game stretch so big, and I I need to see something from it for me to buy in. And I'm just I'm not 100 percent bought in. And that's not only the cynic in me and the OSU fan that's bought in before, but <laughs> I need to see more. Yeah, same. And I mean, like like you said, this this is OSU. So there's always the possibility of some completely lost at the end of the season that you're like, what happened? <laughs> um, do we play do we play tech in Lubbock? Uh no. I think that's I a home don't game. Remember. I think it's a, not that it's mattered the last two years. Uh Tech's a home <laughs> game. So it's it's an idle week at Baylor, Iowa State, Texas at K-State. Idle week at OU, Texas Tech at home, at TCU. I circled that at TCU game as a loss before the season started. Mm. Mm. Folks, Max Duggan is legit. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Duggan believer. <laughs> Shout out to Parker with Stats of War. <laughs> so he, he's a good quarterback. Yeah. Oh, no, he – I was talking with Ari Timken for my show of uh, of Big 12 Radio for SiriusXM, and he asked me the question, like, who's the best quarterback in the Big 12 right now? And I, and well, like, Spencer Rattler's not the reason Oklahoma is 0-2. He's really stinking good. Um, Ellinger's still good. Uh, Brock Purdy might be. I know he's only played six quarters of football, but Duggan's had the best six quarters that I think anyone in the Big 12 has had so far. I know he looked great against Texas last year, too, and not against everyone else. We'll see what he does against Kansas State, but if Duggan puts up a good game against Kansas State, I think Duggan might be the best quarterback in the Big 12 this year, which is a crazy thing to say. But, I mean, this nothing is crazy to me after this year. <laughs> That's fair. So the other big concern for me for OSU is this. And, again, we're going to talk about defense in a minute. I wanted to save defense because I'm just going to glow and rave. Let's end on a super, super high note. The other thing for OSU coming off the bye week, you know, Mike Gundy said ahead of the game against Kansas that Spencer Sanders was at about 80% this week, i.e. if they got into trouble and they had felt like they had to play on, they probably would have. But Spencer Sanders was at 80% this week. He was 70% the week before. They've got two weeks off until they travel to Waco to face Baylor. You have to think Spencer Sanders is probably going to be the guy when they go on to Waco and face the Baylor Bears. That is a tricky spot to come into, despite the fact that he has started as many games as he did last season. He's played one drive this year. One drive. He's had one drive of actual gameplay. He's been banged up. He's been recovering. He's going to have two weeks to, of, of reps and snaps with the ones to continue to improve with Tim Rattay as the quarterback coach, but he's had one drive. The ceiling is high for Spencer Sanders. That's a tough ask to say, welcome back, go to Baylor, um, and, and keep this streak alive. 
Because honestly, if he is anywhere close to, if he's at 95, anything above 90%, he's going to be the guy they're going to get him out there. Um, this offense is better suited to have his mobility. Like I know Shane Ellingworth has been good. Uh, Shane Ellingworth has, hasn't been, he's better than Spencer Sanders good thus far. He's been very reliable. He's played really well. He's really smart. He still makes, he still looks like a true freshman, um, but a good one. But Spencer Sanders has to be able to be the guy and we have to see him take that next step. We saw one drive. We don't know enough about how he looks so far. That is your big question mark coming out of the idle week. For me, is going to be, how does Spencer Sanders look? Because that to me is going to be the deciding factor of how OSU season looks going forward. That's the one down point of if you could survive three game stretch without Spencer Sanders, that was the three game stretch to survive it. But now you get into the meat of the schedule and he has played one drive. That is the biggest question mark for me moving forward is how does he look and has he ready to take that step forward in his second year in charge? Oh yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I think that Shane has served this team incredibly well for this time that Spencer's been out, but He's not someone that I trust enough to feel confident should Spencer not be able to finish the game like it. Like if he if he starts and needs to come out or what have you, I don't necessarily feel super confident in Shane's ability to get us through the next part of the schedule. Um, I think you're right. I think if there was a time in the season for what happened to Spencer to happen, it was this one. Um, I think that it's it's good that he's going to get another week of rest before Baylor, but at the same time, I'm kind of nervous about how he's going to look um, because we have only seen one drive. So it's going to be it's going to be up to how he plays on Saturday as to what or next two Saturdays from now um, as to what I think OSU is going to look like the rest of the season. Well, I don't think he can have another week of rest. Like, you can't be giving Shane Ellingworth the snaps this week. Spencer Sanders got to get the snaps. Like, Spencer Sanders has to get the snaps the next two weeks to get him as many reps, as much practice, as much time with the guys to no, be I'm, ready for Waco. I meant, like, no game. Oh, like, that's I true. He's, yeah. he's got to practice, but. Well, but you know Shane's been getting most of the snaps at practice. Like, it's time for Spencer to get him. Like, if yeah. you think he's going to be ready to go for you have to make the, it's a hard decision to make. Like, you've got to make the decision. Is he going to start for Baylor? Great. He gets the snaps. Because um, you need, I like Shane. They've kept the offense fairly simple for him. You can't keep the simple offense in win. Now, you you might be able to, because we're going to find out, and this is about the defense and just how good this defense really is. And the defense has been really, really good. Like, I, this is one of those situations where you can say, well, you haven't faced anybody. And that's true. But we've seen that not matter for defenses before for Oklahoma State. Um, so before we dive, I just, final thought on Spencer. It was one of the biggest question marks heading into the season. It's one of the biggest question marks heading into game four of the season. We're going to get an answer in a couple of weeks. Uh, if he is ready to go, if he is taking that next step forward, I think the offense will turn it on. And I think this team is, is set up again. It's a week to week thing in the big 12 this year. It's, it's it is. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild, and it's going to be survive and advance all season long. But if Spencer's ready. Uh, my expectations are. are uh, I'm not going to say hope, 
because I can't have hope. Hope is a dangerous thing, but uh, my expectations will go quite, quite uh, up quite a ways. Yeah, exactly. I agree. All right, so let's talk about the defense. First of all, that they Oklahoma State had just 67 tackles on Saturday because Kansas had like no plays, uh, and no one had more than five because they had so many guys play is insane. Like, think about it for a second. You had 65 tackles. There's 67 tackles. That's not very many. That's not very many tackles. Okay? At all. Yeah. At all. But that's because Kansas didn't get to do anything. They didn't have long drives. They had a lot of three and outs, so you didn't have to make a lot of tackles. Uh, But let's just talk about this. Here's the fun stat. The fun stat from Saturday. Uh, Kansas had a total of 193 yards of offense. I believe it was like that's the fewest uh, in Big 12 play during Mike Gundy's era. Of those 193 yards, 134 of those came on the last four drives of of the game for Kansas. That is when all the backups were in. That is when the starter's day was done. 134 out of 193. On 10 drives against Oklahoma State's starters on defense, Kansas mustered 59 yards of offense. And no points. Oh my god! Nine. That's a hundred yards less than just Chuba got. Yes, Chuba Hubbard <laughs> got one hundred and forty-five yards of offense. Kansas mustered fifty-nine. I loved how they kept flashing that stat of how many yards Chuba has had since the start of last season on the ground versus Kansas. Chuba has had more <laughs> yards rushing since the start of last season than the entire team of Kansas than the Kansas's entire crop of running backs, which includes Puka Williams, folks, who is, you know, good, but you can only do so much. Think about that though. Fifty nine yards of offense against the starters on defense. Like even that's in, in insane. Even in that's like just, other seasons where you blew Kansas out, you weren't holding them to that. So that's um that's a fun stat. Okay. For all first team snaps only. The year so far. Okay, this means taking out the second string this league win. 35 drives, 20 points allowed. 696 yards allowed. The opponent is 6 of 39 on third down, 2 of 6 on fourth down. Wow. Folks, that's just. We thought wow. this would be Gun- might be Gundy's best defense of his time in Stillwater. Um, and again, Tulsa, West Virginia, Kansas. These are not exactly offensive juggernauts. I wholeheartedly understand and get it. Absolutely. But, and this team is probably not going to have the turnovers of 2011. That team forced them left, right, and, and up and down and all over. But OSU, and I get total defense numbers don't matter. OSU currently has the sixth best scoring defense in college football. We have all the stats that I just listed off. You have what they did to Kansas on Saturday. Um, OSU's defense is good. They now have the number one ranked third down conversion percent defense. It's the third best third down defense in FBS. Three games played. 0.163. That includes Saturday. With the sec, the second stringers in. Okay, that's just crazy. 
I mean, they're this is definitely the best defense that I've seen since I've started watching OSU football. Granted, I started watching in 2014, which is not. Well, you missed the 2013 the defense. You missed the, yeah. the 2013 defense. I think this is better <laughs> than the 2013 defense. I think the depth of this defense, um, I think the number of guys that you have just talent-wise across the board. Look, we said it was going to take three years to figure out if Jim Knowles' defense was going to work at OSU in the Big 12. It was going to take three years to get the players that fit this scheme and get them developed. It's year three, folks. Got a lot of seniors and juniors because they started a lot of guys year one when he got there. A lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomores. Got them on the field. Got them playing. You had the benefit of Calvin Bundage coming back. I get it. But it's been as good as you could hope it could be through three games. And I think that's the thing. Yes, the opponents haven't been awesome. But outside of a couple big plays, one from Tulsa and one from West Virginia, folks, this is all you could hope to ask for from an Oklahoma State defense through three te- through three games. I was just about to talk about that. Like, it just doesn't feel like they're given the big play this year as much as they have. They're not giving up. You know, they're not. It's not that they they do everything right and hold them for two downs, and all of a sudden on third down they give up a twenty five yard play. I just don't feel like that's happening. And you know, granted, the offense hasn't been great, but still, I feel like in years past, regardless of who they were playing, that would happen. It would be incredibly frustrating. Yeah. So the only two touchdowns that the first team defense has given up so far this year. Tulsa had a a 41-yard pass that led to eventually the touchdown. It was a three-play drive. That that was followed by a a run for negative one, then a 16-yard pass. That was Tulsa's touchdown. West Virginia had a 70-yard pass uh, to Winston Wright Jr. that went for a touchdown. And that was, like, I think he it was some busted coverage or something happened. He he got loose and ran all the way in. That's it. So, yes, the two touchdowns have been on big plays, and, and you know, you're going to have better offenses that can make big plays. But thus far, they have they have done a good job of limiting it. And they've done a good, they, again, we saw the tackling again against Kansas. The tackling we saw against Tulsa that was so great. Wasn't as great against West Virginia, but the Tulsa game set such a high bar. It was back against Kansas. They are tackling really, really well in, in open space. Like, it's it's exactly the kind of thing, you, it's the thing Oklahoma's not able to do. Um, and it's it's wonderful to see. Oh yeah, definitely. I I I have one hundred percent appreciated not being like just tackle him. <laughs> I've been appreciating that that has not made my blood pressure grow up watching MSU games like it has before. <laughs> um. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what else to take away from a game against Kansas. I still don't want to like over analyze like where we go moving forward. Big 12 standings are, you know, weird as can be. OSU is the only undefeated team at 3-0. and uh, Iowa State and Kansas State both 2-0 and in conference play as well. Then, um, of course, Oklahoma down with Texas Tech and Kansas at 0-2 in conference play. And then a whole lot of 4-1-1s. Um, a lot of football to play. Three games this weekend that don't involve Oklahoma State. 
but do have an impact on how things go. Iowa State's got Texas Tech. Kansas State's got to go to TCU again. How does Skylar Thompson look? Um, and, of course, OU Texas, which is going to be, man, storylines, storylines, storylines. Big game. Uh, it's a big game for OU, and it's a big game for Tom Herman. Yep. Definitely. So, um, I just I don't know what else to say about OSU. Like I, I'm I'm it's a good performance. Um, you you curb stop Kansas like you're supposed to. Other than that, yep. I think just I think don't good. just don't screw up from here. Exactly. I think it's all right now. It's all about not not slipping up. It's about yeah. just keeping your foot on the gas and pushing. Well, stay healthy and and hope again. That I think I think these this season and as well as Shane Langford said as we said. The ceiling on this this year is dependent upon Shane Ellingworth. The mm-hmm. defense is good. Tylen looks like himself. Chuba seems to be back to normal. Uh, the offensive line is an issue. It's getting better. I say that, and I don't mean this bad. Like they are they are getting better, but it's still going to be a thing. How Spencer Sanders performs, how he comes back and looks after injury, how he performs will determine how far Oklahoma State can go this season. Yep, there will be a lot more to talk about after the game against Baylor, for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and heading into it. Um no midweek episode this week. We're on a bye week. I'm gonna you know, we're just we're just not gonna so we'll be back probably next we early next week, uh try and have a couple episodes for you. Um if you got any questions as always, uh, hit up Cowboys Right for Free on Twitter. It's uh, at Cowboys R F F. Is that right? I forget the Twitter handle. Yeah, it's Cowboys RF. Yeah, hit the DMs. We'll talk to you. Uh, you can uh, you can talk to me, uh, Philip at OKTXAR Poke. My DMs are open. If you just hate me, that's fine. There's some guy who used to email me all the time that he didn't like my writing, and I was like, okay. And then he would get mad because I was being a passive aggressive by being like, cool, thanks for reading. Like, I don't, I'm not gonna get into a debate with someone who literally writes my email just to correct grammar and tell me I'm an idiot. Well, okay. Uh, happy to have a conversation with somebody, but I'm not going to respond to people who can't not be rude. Uh, that's me, Micah. Where can everybody, uh, everybody reach out to you? At Micah Allen, 18. So talk to Micah, talk to me, hit up the uh, the official account. Joe will be back soon, so uh, you can listen to his sultry voice at the start of these things instead of mine. And uh, we'll be back to talk to you guys again next week.